solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot and Prongs are proud to present the Marauder's Map. If you succeed tonight, more than one innocent life may be spared. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Dan, and we're back for another chapter of Prisoner of Azkaban. We're doing chapter four, The Leaky Cauldron. Molly's back with us. Hello. And we were talking before we started recording, and Molly has a particular affinity for this chapter. Yeah, I've just always loved this chapter, like... I was so excited to be doing chapter four with you because I, this is one of those chapters, like I've sat down and I was like, oh man, I remember reading this for the first time and just loving every minute of it because who wouldn't want to have complete freedom running around Diagon Alley? Like what a cool thing. Um, I just remember too, like sitting there, like thinking how cool it was that he was like working on homework and getting free ice cream. And it was just a really heartwarming thing because Harry never really had had freedom like this before. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that stuck out to me too, was like, this is his first taste of real freedom. Yeah. Like he can go wherever he want. Well, mostly wherever he wanted, (laughs) whenever he wanted. And he had money. Yeah. Uh, what she talks about, it's like, he had to really check himself. Right. I was like, what a responsible young man. 13? Oh my I gosh. Know. I'm going into like half of these shops being like, I want that. I yep. want this. So, I mean, props to Harry for the self-restraint. Yeah. But I agree with you. The other thing that popped out was free Sundays every half hour. Yes. I I would be going back to school. <laughs> Looking very different. Right. <laughs> like free Sundays every half hour. Well, considering he was just living with the Dursleys, I'm sure those uh those Sundays probably made him look more more, more healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, but uh, I yeah, I agree. Yeah. Just the idea of him being free at the leaky cauldron to just kind of it's almost like you have an apartment. <laughs> like yeah. you just you're on or you're going to college for the first time right. and you're in your dorm or whatever, like away. You can do whatever you want. You get your like um your uh dining card and you're like, Oh yep. man. <laughs> yep. I am not eating healthy now, mom. <laughs> I love it. Uh yeah, I, I like this chapter too. I, I liked it for kind of well, I liked it for a couple of different reasons, but Speaking of the Diagon Alley part specifically, just seeing the shops I as a part of the Diagon Alley chapter that I love so much is just seeing this world yeah. for the first time and, you know, him going through all the shops and learning about gobstones. Yeah. Uh, which I always forget what exactly gobstones is, but it's marbles. Basically, it's, it's like a different set of marble game thing. That squirt foul-smelling liquid yeah. at each other's, at the other player's face. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure that I would really love to partake <laughs> in this game. I think child of 13, uh, let's see, my childhood, I was either playing with Pokemon cards 
or do you remember Crazy Bones? Yes. Crazy Bones were a thing, which yeah. I guess could kind of be like gobstones, minus the foul-smelling liquid. Yeah. Pogs were yeah. a thing. That was earlier uh, in my childhood. What else? What else? Crazy stuff that we have. Oh, man. See, all I remember are these bead animal things I used to make. I was a weird kid, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was not I was not of the norm uh, uh kid playing things I guess do you remember like the uh, what were they called like tamagotchi thing like yes. the little animals that you had to like yeah. keep alive somehow or... yeah they banned those from our school because Did they? yeah too many kids like during class like they'd be beeping and they'd be like oh it's mine I gotta take care of my my like tamagotchi alien dude <laughs> Yeah, and they had like the nano kitties and nano uh, puppies. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, we had some weird toys. We had some weird ones. Yeah. You know, Pokemon cards were eventually banned from my school. Yeah. Because too many kids were trading and kids would con other kids. It was a harsh life in like oh, sixth, seventh grade. <laughs> it was like yeah. a harsh, harsh time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <I> digress. <laughs> Um, Harry does stumble on something that catches his eye and almost makes him want to spend a fortune. He sees the newest, latest broom and, you know, reads a description of everybody's fawning over it. The, um, the store owner is like, oh, the Irish Quidditch team just bought a whole set of seven of these. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be in the World Cup coming up, which I have thoughts on, which... (laughs) Is great, uh, but um, he reads the description of the Firebolt, and I think it can top like 150 miles per hour, it said. Yeah, I actually underlined that because I'm like, holy cow. Um, the Firebolt has an acceleration of 150 miles an hour in 10 seconds. Molly, how many times have you ever gone over 100 miles per hour in your car? Absolutely never. Not once? Not once. Maybe once for me. <laughs> Maybe once. But I usually don't like going that fast, especially yeah. on, you know, Chicago driving where we're... Yeah. At, no, that's probably not wise. I freak out when I go 90, so... Fair enough. 90 I have gone. <laughs> but I do drive fast, but not... But 150. 150 is like professional race car drivers. Yeah. But still. No, not doing that. Uh, the note that popped out to me about the Firebolt was an unbreakable charm. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I was like reading it and I had posed a question uh, probably when Harry got his Nimbus mm-hmm. about like what really makes a broom that yeah. much better than the next? Yeah. It's a broom. There aren't many ver- like varieties of broom designs. Mm-hmm. And I think this chapter in the book kind of explains like what kind of makes it that way. Like an unbreakable charm would make it a little bit more expensive. Right. Or, you know. And I get you could get some of the charms might wear off after a couple of years. Yeah, I would assume so. Or something like that. Um, but things like those, I guess it would be like uh, add-ons in your car. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you want the heated seats? <laughs> Pay a little extra. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm assuming it's similar. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that popped out to me about the Firebolt. Uh, I did like how it said... Ask about the price. Yeah, price on repost. Like, that's never a good sign. Never. I kind of want to know how much it is, though. Oh, yeah. I want to know how much that fireball would cost. Yeah. Um, then he goes into another one of our very popular shops, Flourish and Blots. Great name for a bookstore. 
And he goes up. (laughs) The manager is already dreading it because there's a large cage full of the monster book of monsters. Yep. Those things are vicious. Yeah. Two of them caught another one and was ripping it apart. Not nice. Maybe you'd want to like keep those in separate areas. Yeah. Like this is the type of book that would be bound in the restricted section. Yeah. Like why are they being given to third years? I know. I know. But once Harry tells the manager that he already has one, uh, they move on to divination. And there was a description of some of the divination books and it was first of all harry something caught his eye and it was uh an omen of death yeah and he was like where do i recognize i recognize that from somewhere and he could never place it in the in this chapter so we'll get there mm-hmm. um but also it's like oh yeah you know there's different forms of divinations like palmistry okay mm-hmm. you know crystal ball reading okay bird entrails have, have you ever heard of any kind of fortune telling through bird entrails i have not i that's a new one for me yeah i was like okay that makes sense that makes sense but wait what yeah and then my favorite book of all time mm-hmm. the invisible <laughs> book of invisibility is brilliant it is it's just brilliant the guy ordered 200 copies Mm -hmm. and never found them yep brilliant so also do you like first of all is this a scam oh 100 100 a scam yeah so you don't think that they're like (laughs) unloading 200 (laughs) books leave them there and then some guy's just walking through and just runs into an invisible wall (laughs) that's not a thing yeah just complete scam oh total scam yeah, it reminds me, it's a tangent, it reminds me of this story I once heard where somebody bought an air guitar off eBay for $5,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Total tangent, I know, but. That's awesome. I feel like that that person that's selling the air guitar on eBay is selling the uh, invisibility book. <laughs> did, did they send him an envelope? Or like an empty box? Or <laughs> Probably. <how> <laughs> So many questions about an air guitar. <laughs> Did he also sell an invisible drum set? That'd be sweet. That'd be um, awesome. Get a whole air band going. Right? <laughs> Shout out to Scrubs. Um, anyway. Yeah, so that jumped out at me. I love the idea of an, an invisible book of invisibility. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> could also imagine, like, getting the book. You actually have an invisible book in your hands, and then you go to read it, and then you realize it's invisible. So, eventually, after... A good long time of Harry being in Diagon Alley and Fleur- and uh, the Leaky Cauldron by himself. He's like wondering, like, he's seen Neville. He's seen a bunch of his friends, Dean and Seamus. Mm-hmm. And no Ron, no Hermione, no Weasleys. So what is going on? And then finally, like the last, didn't they say like the last day? Yeah. Uh, the last day he finds both Ron and Hermione. Which Ron is overjoyed at the fact that he blew up his aunt. Yes. Uh, Hermione is a little bit more Hermione-ish about it. Mm -hmm. But um, Ron says that he got a brand new wand, which was sorely needed. Yes. 14 inches, willow, and unicorn hair. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and uh, Ron's telling him that, you know, Scabbers is not feeling too well. And Hermione has a little extra gold um, left over from, no, uh, in, a, in advance of her birthday in September. Yes. Uh, so they decide to go over to Magical Menagerie so Ron can get Scabbers a tonic and Hermione can maybe buy an owl. Yeah. The Magical Menagerie. I would love to look in there for a good long time. Oh, yes. You know, I wonder how Newt feels about, like, pet stores in general. Yeah. It would be interesting to get, you know, Newt Scamander's ideas on the magical menagerie as far as having these things in cages or whatever. Where they got them from, who knows. Anyway, let's focus on the positive, cool aspect of it. Right? Um, like mice jumping rope. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, the descriptions of like the, all the animals kind of obviously have innate magical powers or something to them that makes them a little bit more special. Right. Which leads me to something in the spoiler section, which we'll get there too. Yeah. But Kevers isn't doing well. And you had a note on what you liked about Scabbers not doing well. Yeah. Um, basically, the lady was like, bang him on the counter. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm going to hope that's an English turn of phrase for just like, put him on the counter. Right. I'm hoping they're not like, put him on the counter. Just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Let's see how sick he is. I'm, I'm, I read that too the same way. I'm like, that's aggressive. Yeah. That's probably just a British phrase that I'm like right. going over my head. Right. But I had the same thought you did. I'm yeah. Like, that's aggressive. I know. Like just nonchalant, like bang him on the counter. <laughs> I like how, I like how well, uh, while Ron is asking about scabbers, the mice that were jumping rope over the other's tail. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, stop! Come over to the side and like watch what's going on. I know, I love that. It's showing signs. Yeah, Scott, Molly, you and I get on these like sentient creatures rants. I know, we do. Clearly, they have a higher level of understanding <laughs> than your normal rat. Right. Speaking of normal rat, Ron says Scabbers is just your normal common rat. Yeah. And she's like, interesting, because this type of rat should only live about like three years, give or take. Right. Right. And clearly, if it was Percy's rat before Ron's, uh, this thing has been alive for longer than three years. Right. Is a little questionable. Right. Um, and then we have the appearance of a certain ginger cat. Oh. So yes. ginger cat on the ginger hair. And then bounds and leaps towards uh, Scabbers and all heck breaks loose. Mm-hmm. And um, when they find Scabbers... Ron was like, what was that? And I love Harry's line of, it was either a very large cat or quite a small tiger. And it's said in such a, like, meh yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of way. Right. That I'm like, Harry's A, becoming, he's finally, finally becoming a little jaded to the whole magical world that he right. could say that line so casually. Right. And B, it's just awesome that that line is even a plausible thing. Yeah. It's it's definitely showing Harry's like quippy side. That he's not even mean. I think he's like yeah. That's <laughs> like it's a quick wit for sure. But he's yeah. also very serious about that. He's like could have been this. Yeah, could also have been this. Yep. We don't know. 
Um, one of my favorite lines from Harry, shockingly. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> it just got me and made me laugh. Yeah. Going back, I'm so hung up on this, but yeah. going back to the uh, rats that are jumping rope. No. Uh-huh. For some reason, when I first read this, like, and it still sticks in my mind, I just pictured like the three blind mice. I was actually going to, I was going to mention yeah. that earlier too. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what my brain went to. So we get them in threes. We get two Monster Book of Monsters ripping the third one. Yes. And here we get two mice playing jump rope with their tails with the third one. Yeah. It's yeah. just a very interesting kind of dynamic. It is. <laughs> you would think the bookstore would be more like a bookstore and not an animal. And it's like really just flip. Right. But I love yeah. it. So, long story short, Hermione buys Crookshanks. Yeah, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Tangent. This ginger cat. And she shows up just utterly, like, in love with this cat. And Ron is immediately horrified. Yeah. uh, Because the cat clearly assaulted him and tried to kill Scabbers. Mm -hmm. So, it's a wonderful beginning to Crookshanks and Ron's relationship. But anyway, so that's like one half of this chapter. The other half takes place at the Leaky Cauldron, where all of the Weasleys are. Mm-hmm. They've all congregated, and they're having this big dinner. And again, I just see it as such a wonderful thing that Ron and Hermione, or Ron and Hermione, Harry and Hermione have just been so easily welcomed into this family that they're having this like massive family dinner and yeah and harry and hermione are expected to be there because they're like where else would you be you're supposed to be here right um like you're supposed to be part of this group and Mm -hmm. it's so it's so great and then i just love the you know the dynamic between fred and george and percy having their back and forths and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> making fun and then the, there was a line where they said a joke about percy and they said everyone but percy and mrs weasley laughed meaning yes. arthur weasley laughed right which i just find great oh for sure for sure i just find it great yes yeah i love when you know the the twins are making fun of Percy for how he like <laughs> how he formally introduced himself to Harry. Himself to Harry. <laughs> and oh, I there's was, some great words in there too. Yeah, it was like how really corking to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely spiffing. <laughs> oh yeah, it's simply splendid to see you, old boy. <laughs> I like the corking. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was the word that got me. Yeah, that so, was really good. Yeah. And then now I get Mrs. Weasley being all affronted by it because she is insanely proud that Percy is head boy, which she should be proud. Yeah, it it is an accomplishment. It does speak to Percy's talent and his and his uh, brilliance and stuff like that. Um, The fact that it's the second one in the family after Bill is an important thing. Gets on them for not being prefects. Right. Which I love the response of like, why? That would take all the fun out of life. Right. It's just a good response. Yeah. I just love how Mrs. Weasley is just so fiercely loyal and loving to each one of her children. Yes. And it takes like a different type of love. Yes. (laughs) Because they're all... They're all very the same because they're obviously the same family. Right. But at the same time, all of her children are 
vastly unique individuals. Absolutely. It's a really interesting family. Yes. I, I don't know. I think that's why the Weasley family just, it strikes a certain chord with yeah. everybody. Yeah. It's like the family that you kind of always want to kind of be a part of. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. So speaking of the Weasleys and how close they are, that made it that much more shocking when Harry goes down to try to find the the rat tonic and he finds Molly and Arthur in like a full-blown real argument yeah. over, of all things, him. <laughs> so it's it starts out being like an awkward moment. It's like, oh, should I really be here for this? And then, <laughs> then it's like, wait a minute. Right. What? And it's it's an interesting argument that they're having because there's essentially you find out that not only is Sirius Black loose, not only is Sirius Black a threat, but Sirius Black is a threat to Harry specifically. Mm-hmm. And they outline a couple of reasons why. Uh, they mentioned that Sirius was muttering in his sleep for uh, weeks or months or years about how he's at Hogwarts. He's at Hogwarts. He's at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And everybody's taken this to mean Harry. And they think that Sirius is the second in a command of, to Voldy and wants to uh, right that wrong that was done to Voldy. So it, it's which side of this argument do you take? They're arguing about do we tell Harry that Sirius Black might be after him? Or. Do we, which is Arthur's side, to tell Harry? Or do we take Mrs. Weasley's side where it's, no, we need to shelter him. He's living a happy life. Let him live his happy life. I would tell him. Yeah? Yeah, I would tell him. If it were my kid, I'd tell him. I mean, I know they're not, it's not his parents, but I, I would want to They clearly him. view him very closely as right. if he were. Right. And I agree with you. Yeah. I think I would tell him. And I think Arthur makes a fabulous point that I don't think Molly can really argue with. Right. Where he goes, you know, Harry and Ron like to sneak off all the time. Right. They went to the Forbidden Forest twice. Right. This seems like something that we should tell them so they're more aware of if they do, they know that there's a real threat for them. And B, hopefully they won't. And they'll just, you know, stick to a more conservative lifestyle at Hogwarts. Right. Given the danger here. Right. Uh, that's a point that Molly doesn't really have an answer for other than, well, Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore is there. Dumbledore. And his many secret. And all of his secrets. <laughs> Dumbledore and all of his secrets are there. Yes. So that's essentially her rebuttal is just Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, which Arthur doesn't really even argue all that much, but he's just like, I, I think he needs to, he deserves this. So we agree. I think we're both on the Arthur. Yeah. Arthur bandwagon on this. Let us know which side <laughs> of the argument you take. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's an interesting argument to just see Molly and Arthur kind of. Yeah. As much as I love Mrs. Weasley, there's so many times that I'm like, ah. I agree with Arthur so much, though. 
Arthur, oh, we keep saying this. One of these days, we're going to have a deep dive on Arthur. We have to. Because he's such an underrated character. Yeah. And he is. We promise we will have a deep dive on Arthur on this podcast. Yeah. He's deserving. Yeah. There's ways that uh, he kind of reminds me of my dad. Yeah? Yeah. So. I'm interested. What ways? Yeah. Um, my dad was always like really calm and chill. Mm. And I feel like, and like he had a really good sense of humor. Okay. And Arthur's very much the same way, I feel like. Like he's very level-headed. Yeah. Like definitely, definitely the level-headed humor, you know, like my dad would have laughed if, at the Percy <laughs> jokes. Like if, you know. It's what? It's funny. You're right. Like, what are you going to do? Exactly. Like... So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I again, I think Arthur embodies a father that most people would want to have of just like the, yeah. the the laid back, but still f- like fatherly. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like he's uh, giving up on those responsibilities yeah. to be like one of the boys. Yeah. He's still the dad. Uh, and I, you see it in a couple of different points where. Even Fred and George have their respect for Arthur. Like, right? You know, we go goof off all the time, but you know, if he says not to do something, then you shouldn't do it. Right? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, I, I love Arthur. Yeah, um, he's a great, he's great. a great character. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the spoiler section, I got to shout out the sassy mirror in Harry's sleepy cauldron <laughs> room. Yes. <laughs> which early in the chapter he's like trying to pat down his hair and she's like oh that's a losing battle yes and then right before he goes to bed he <laughs> utters out loud which is just a great moment in itself of i'm not going to be murdered <laughs> which what life are you living <laughs> that you feel the need to Aww. right before you go to bed say the phrase out loud i'm not going to be murdered yeah. Uh, that's a life that you're living. But that I love <laughs> the mirror just chirping in. That's the spirit, dear. Just the sassy level of the mirror, top notch. Top notch. Stay positive. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is an interesting, interesting chapter. Oh my gosh, this is so intense. And yeah. then I just laugh out loud at the end of the chapter because it's such just a funny line that caught me. Right. Got me. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, so with that, I think we're going to head over to the spoiler section um, where we got a couple of fun things to talk about. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. You! You foul and loathsome them evil little cockroach! All right, so we're back with the spoiler section. And um, again, hope you're liking this uh, break <laughs> sound that we're having. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, we should probably transition in and out of the break sound because it's very harsh. <laughs> it, it is abrupt. I will try to remember that. I promise. <laughs> My brain kept thinking, like, it's just like magic. And then, like, that came out. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to come back to Crookshanks for a second. And I don't know if you remember, since we're introduced to Crookshanks here, yeah. I figured this was an apt moment to bring this up. But I don't know if you remember pre-book seven fan theories that would fly from every... This was... Sadly, before Twitter. So, Ooh, I may not know this. Yeah, there were there were fan theories flying all over the place about everything. Yeah. And people were, like, pouring through the books to find, like, any kind of detail or hidden thing or whatever that might lead them to answers in book seven. Yeah. 
And there were two involving cats. One was that Mrs. Norris clearly has something going on because she can't have that connection with Filch if she wasn't some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like an animagus or whatever. Yeah. Um, so people were thinking, oh, Mrs. Norris is key. Yeah. Well, other people were like, Crookshanks. Crookshanks is definitely a key to something. She's got to be more than just a normal ginger cat. Yeah. Because if she's in the magical menagerie, there's something about Right. That cat, right? Yeah. So people started theorizing, like, oh, is Crookshanks an animagus? Is Crookshanks this? Or is Crookshanks... Can Crookshanks... Is there a way that that cat recognizes a fellow animagus in Scabbers or what have you? Hmm. Um, like, there were all of these theories flying around. I don't know if you remember any of them. No. But back when I was perusing MuggleNet and Veritaserum and all of these Harry yeah. Potter websites, um, there was a lot of Crookshanks threads. Of, the key to Deathly Hallows is Crookshanks. Well, I'm going to throw this in. Crookshanks hmm. is actually Aunt Petunia. <laughs> People aren't going to know this, so I apologize, but that was a very Brian take <laughs> right there. It was. I did it on purpose. Fair enough. <laughs> By the way, enough about Crookshanks. Let's talk about those mice again. <laughs> those three mice. <laughs> always a fan. Even though they're rats. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> For those that aren't in that inside joke between Molly and I, uh, Brian is actually our manager at the clinic that we work at. And uh, he likes to, I guess... He's jealous of our conversations about Harry Potter. He is. And he wants to uh, be in on these. Yes. And he knows more than he lets on. He does. He's a bigger nerd than he lets on. Yes. But he'll throw out <laughs> some random theories just to, like, poke our buttons a little bit. Right. And um, they're always hilarious. They're so. phenomenal. They're usually good. My favorite one is that <laughs> the real reason... <laughs> The Dursleys hate Harry so much is because very clearly James had an affair with Petunia at one point. Yes. And, uh, and Dudley is actually James and Petunia's son. That was right on. Top notch. Uh, yeah, that was good stuff. Um, I can see Anna's blood boiling. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Anna, your thoughts, please. Yes. Oh, that was good times. Um, anyway, bringing it back to this chapter. Crookshanks. <laughs> Crookshanks, yes. A lot of the fan theories were about Crookshanks and how the cat had a big part to play in book seven. Spoiler alert, did not. Um, but, but still fun to talk about anyway. Yes. Um, another thing that they kind of drop in, which I had forgotten about completely, was... Um, the Irish Quidditch team and the World Cup. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, they talk about this here and then they basically bring it back around uh, at the start of Goblet of Fire, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so I like how they kind of seeded that there. I wonder if she just put that in and then was like, no, you know what? I'm going to Oh yeah. make that a bigger thing. Right. Um, I could see her doing that, kind of just throwing it, because maybe, the, I don't know, I'd have to really do the math and go back if there was a World Cup going on that year and maybe she's like ah, i'll have the irish yeah as a favorites to win the world cup and then she's yeah. like hey maybe i should do something with this or whatever right. yeah 
so that that was kind of interesting that they just have Irish in the World Cup. Yeah. And they obviously win it next year in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. In controversial fashion. They do. Um, but they use the firebolts to do it. So they do. So there's that. And then um the other big spoilery thing that um we wanted to talk about in this chapter, it was just a thought I had when Harry recognizes that there's, uh, or he thinks he recognizes the omen of death mm-hmm. in this book cover. And why he recognizes it is obviously he's seeing Sirius in the alleyway as this big hulking black dog. So my question to you then is, do you think Sirius took this animagus fully knowing <laughs> <laughs> that it was an omen of death. I had that thought that, like, maybe he did do that on purpose because it's very similar. But I don't know. That's a really good question. You know, obviously, there's practical reasons. Yeah, he would want a large, right. dog-like figure, right, as his animagus, which we can get into yes. down the road. But. I gotta imagine, like, little Sirius Black <laughs> sitting in his divination class, right? being like, oh my gosh, grim, 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 grim. You know what? I'm just gonna become one. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and it's, I feel like it would be a very him move to just be like, mm-hmm. well, if you're gonna turn into a, you know, werewolf, then i'm gonna be a grim and which then makes james's you know stag like a huh Huh? (laughs) (laughs) and then of course another spoiler mr pettigrew yeah oh yeah he's scabbers he's scabbers so yes you have two the rat of the group the rat of the group yeah, we've talked a little bit before in spoiler sections previous about how weird it's kind of been <laughs> with the chapters of like, yeah, Ron put Scabbers on his lap or whatever. And you're like, he uh. just put a grown man, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little weird. It's, but the whole thing with uh. Wormtail, Peter Pettigrew, Scabbers. Yes. The whole thing is weird. He's yes. not a, a normal dude. No. Um, he's a little off. But, yeah, we have a lot of Marauders stuff to get into and talk about and the dynamic of this friend group as a whole. And uh, I'm going to leave that to Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and she will gladly grasp that opportunity. Yes. I just, the thought just popped into my head. It's like, it'd be interesting if, you know, a young Sirius Black was like, I'm just going to be a grim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that thought. I like it, too. I, I I wonder how, like, they never actually mentioned in this chapter, like, how, or last chapter, about how big that dog, like, actually is. Is it just, like, like an Irish wolfhound kind of big? Uh, that's what I was just Or is it, like, abnormally, like, insanely big? No, I think it's probably, like, a version of an Irish wolfhound. I could see it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, people would think that werewolves are, like, super, super big. Right. They're probably just, like, man-sized yeah. wolves. Yeah. So a big dog, like an Irish wolfhound, should be able to yeah. handle that. But that does kind of make me think, like, why did James pick a stag? Anna's going to just, 
Oh, she'll explain. Kill me now. Yeah. But it does make me think now, like, okay, werewolf. Got it. Large dog. Got it. Right. Even scabbers. Like, they needed something like go in small, get in through doors, windows. I think specifically they wanted him to get the knot on the whopping willow. Right. So things like that. Right. That makes sense. Right. Staying. It's cool. It is. And believe me, large adult male deer specifically Mm -hmm. are very, very dangerous. Yes. And they could mess you up. Yes. Uh, Not saying that. It's just like stag? Just why a stag specifically? (laughs) But there's a lot of large animals. I wonder just why he picked that one. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I'm sure Anna has an answer for us. I'm sure she does. I'm going to leave it to her. This is why, you know, as we're talking and we're just spitballing things, we just come up with, like, random questions. We haven't researched that at all. I'm sure there's probably an actual answer somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's just a thought. Let us know what you think. If uh, Sirius is actually a Grim, not just a large dog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else did you have? I have anything else for this chapter? Or any just general thoughts? Do you want to go back to the mice again, Molly? I do. Let's go back to the mice. I figured. I figured you weren't done talking about the the three mice. No, I'm. I, you know what? Like, there's got to be something there. Oh, I have a thought for you. Actually, now that I look at it, hmm. Ron's new wand. Yeah. His old wand was a hand-me-down wand. Yeah. I believe so. So, if that wand didn't choose Ron, could that be maybe a reason that Ron wasn't maybe the most adept with spells? Ooh. Early. And now that he got his new wand, presumably from Ollivander, and presumably it chose him, do you think Ron's uptick in magical ability from here on? Yes. Is because of this? Yes. Like, it's a simple, easy fix like that? Yeah, I do. Now that you bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm it, convinced of it. That's the other thing that that got me in this chapter was like, oh, Ron's new wand. Wait a minute. Ron seems yeah. much more competent magically. Right. I mean, obviously, book two was the reason was his wand was broken. Broken. Right. But it's not like book one, he was particularly like yeah. adept with magic. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seemed pretty okay. Right. Um, but I feel like he progresses more naturally. And just better in his magical talent. Yeah. Now that he's probably got his own actual wand. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. It just it just caught at me. I was like, his wand was hand me down, right? Maybe it just didn't ever really like click for him. Yeah. Wand magic is so fascinating. I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, I mean I'd be into it. (laughs) Going Back to, because obviously all of the wand magic really gets um, intense with, like, Elder Wand specifically. Right. And at one point, well, technically Voldy never has the Elder Wand. Like, he has the actual, I guess, physical wand. Yeah, but it's never really truly his. Correct. Right. But Grindelwald and Dumbledore both had actual wand and actual power. Mm Mm-hmm. How much do you, and this is a conversation we can have for later too, but since we're here, how much do you think that actually added to their magical ability? Like Grindelwald, for example, all of his magical skill 
in Crimes of Grindelwald and Secrets of Dumbledore, like his protection spells, for example. Yeah. I'm sure he knows powerful protection spells. Mm -hmm. But when he's getting pelted with like 30 spells from presumably 30 of the most adept wizards mm -hmm. in the world at that time, yeah. is that all him and his talent? Or is Elder Wand obviously adding... Uh, a good portion of that. Or does the fact that you think that you have the strongest wand create more power? Like a belief kind of like system? Like a belief, like a confidence. Could be part of it too. You know, like yeah. to truly feel like, okay, I have this magic. Well, to your point, bringing it back to Ron. Right. Now that he's got a brand new wand, his inner confidence might be boosted. Exactly. He's like, now I can do Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> like, I got this. I got this, guys. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's that's a good point, too. Yeah. So there you go. There's our wand lore talk for the evening. Yes, yes. But I'm glad I remembered to bring that up, because that was a thought I had during this chapter. Yeah. That's, um, you know. Now I want to do a deep dive into wand magic. Well, you'll be on again. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> wand magic, yeah. We were, we were talking about how, like, we can do a series of podcasts just on Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. um, we could probably do a full podcast on Arthur Weasley. Yep. We could do a full podcast on wand lore and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Your deep dive on, on Voldy last time was great. I very much enjoyed Anna's um, World War II. Did you? Oh, I did. I, I thought that was very well done. I was right up her alley. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it when I love it when guests deep dive. It's yeah. always it's always great. Yeah. Never disappoints. So <laughs> anyway, I think that probably wraps it up for this one, huh? Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. So we will probably end it here. Thank you all for listening. Again, check us out on Twitter and Instagram to interact with us and let us know all of your thoughts. Uh, let us know if Sirius Black is a Grim. Let us know if Ron's new wand is everything he needed and more. Don't and forget about the mice. Don't forget about the three mice in the <laughs> magical menagerie. Molly's Molly's favorite mice or rats or whatever you want to call them. They're rats. I'm just calling them mice. <laughs> she just likes to make the analogy with three blind mice. It's, yeah. it's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and on that note... <laughs> We will call it a chapter. Uh, please join us for chapter five. And uh, I think Elizabeth is scheduled for chapter five and chapter six. So, Yay. yeah, so it'll be fun times. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.